0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to Mastering Reality Creation and Manifestation. Your host, Joshua Keen, offering you the tools, tips, tactics, and strategies to design, create, and live the life you love. Today's episode, we're going to debunk or offer a keen perspective, if you will, on manifestation mishaps, myths, uh, or just misinterpretations that are slowing your progress and The purpose of this episode is born out of a conversation I had with a friend last night who, just to tell you the story, right? You're like, why are we talking about debunking manifestation myths? That's such a weird episode title. Well, I had a friend who was rather upset because she was coming across a lot of quote unquote new age people talking about manifestation and the way she was describing it sort of cued me into the fact that people may have some misconceptions about certain aspects of manifestation. And if that's the case, and not only are they slowing their progress, but potentially they are straight up manifesting the opposite. Um, and it's not to say it's the case every time; it's just a possibility. So within that, I was like, okay, let me create an episode just talking about some of the common myths, if you will, uh, that we can debunk in manifestation, and hopefully this helps you improve your practice and. The reason I say that is the more you understand something, the easier it is for you to, to practice it as intended. Right. So if you only know the basics of manifestation, you can manifest the basics pretty easily. And as you become more advanced in your study and practice, then you start to pick up on the subtle nuances, the little tweaks that make it even easier for you to live the life you love. And that's what this is all about. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is an example that came up during that conversation, which is essentially to what extent are people ignoring reality? <laughs> I'm kind of laughing as I say that, because if you truly take on manifestation, then you understand that it's not about ignoring reality. It's about taking responsibility for the reality you're in. Now, that alone might be a distinction enough for some. Whereas if you are responsible for everything that shows up in your reality, you would never want to ignore it because if something was unpleasant, then it's like, oh my God, what part of me does that thing resonate with such that I can let that part of me go such that there's no longer the resonance within me that would attract that thing, right? Whatever it is, unpleasant relationship, circumstance, etc. doesn't matter. And so tied into that conversation was the example of, I'm paraphrasing here, but she said something to the effect of, you know, I talk with new age people who are like, the train doesn't exist, right? And her whole thing was like, hey, if you think the train doesn't exist, go lie on the tracks. And it was in reference to the the current state of affairs in 2020 and COVID-19 and and some people who were saying like, oh, there's no, it's impossible for them to get COVID because they're not attracting it, (laughs) And I get what that means. And yes, I believe that you can manifest health for sure and well being and freedom from disease. Absolutely. However, the way it was describing her interaction with her friend, I, I asked her the question, I was like, when she told you this, what did it feel like? Did it feel like she believed herself? And she said, Well, it felt more like denial. It's like, Okay. So make a note you know, listeners, that was one person's perception. So one person perceived it as denial. doesn't mean that the person who said it was in denial. It just was how it landed. Now, I happen to trust this individual's energetic reading barometer, if you will. So I would imagine, at least in the way it was relayed, that there was some denial on the part of whoever said this. And that's okay in the sense of, right, it is what it is. And so the, the key there is if you truly intend to manifest health, well-being, yes, you shift your focus from, say, COVID to health and ease and joy and love and relaxation and well-being and freedom and you meditate on it and you visualize it and you intend on it and you make all this gloriousness mm. in the direction of <laughs> you know what you prefer. And so, in that sense, you're putting no conscious energy into COVID 19. So, some people that might look like ignoring. However, the first key element, the distinction there is first you acknowledge the possibility. You acknowledge the possibility, or you at least acknowledge the existence. You don't necessarily need to make it possible for yourself. However, you acknowledge the existence that, hey, a lot of people seem to agree that COVID exists. So, it's not that it doesn't exist because it exists. It exists in your world to some extent and degree. And the question that you get is to decide the degree or the extent. And you can make it almost negligible through your manifestation, your power of focus, conscious attention, etc. However, you got to acknowledge what is. And so to use the same train analogy, you know, where and I, I get what she was getting at, and I think for those of you listening, you probably can grasp this too. It's not about necessarily diminishing someone else's reality. So for someone else, COVID-19 might be a really huge issue. And for you, you might not be giving it that much attention because again, what you focus on expands. So it's not that big of a deal for you. Now you can acknowledge that it's had you know, effects on the global economy, society, the way we do things, sure. And you don't need to make those effects anything more than what they are. So the effects are people are social distancing. There seems to be a general sense of people being uncomfortable around other people in the world. The the unemployment numbers in the United States are rising you can cite the statistics. You can cite the, the statistics about what is. And for some of you they're gonna be like, well, COVID numbers are misreported. I'll be like, Yep, you can say that too. And you don't have to charge it with any emotion. There's no need to charge it with emotion. And so to bring it back to this train analogy, what I told her was, you know, if a manifestor is going onto the tracks and they're saying there's no train, right? So they won't get hit. They believe there's no train, so they won't get hit. It's like a, that's a possibility, for sure. Now the distinction is: Are they going onto the tracks at a time when supposedly there is a train coming, and then trying to prove that they're so powerful at manifestation that this train that was already in existence on a schedule is no longer coming? So that's the distinction. So if something's already happening and you're trying to sit there and pretend it's not through manifestation. That's like standing on the train tracks when the train is already scheduled to arrive. Now, is it still possible that that train does not arrive, that that event does not occur? I would say it's probably still possible, right? Now, the difference is... And I said this, I was like, you kind of have to be Jesus if you're standing on that tracks at a time when you know the train is supposed to come there and expect to walk away unharmed. Why do I say that? I say that because, right, we're interdependent, we're interconnected conscious beings, energetic beings having a, what you might call a physical experience. And so while you're on the tracks, essentially saying there is no train, <laughs> right? And at the highest levels of consciousness, that may be true, right? Reality is an illusion at the highest levels of, What we call physical reality is an illusion at the highest levels of consciousness. That's the common teaching, if you will. And so you might be saying, oh, there is no train, so there's nothing to harm you. Got it. And you could even take on the approach that even if the train hits you, you will be unharmed because who you are is not your body. You're the physical, you're not the physical body. You are the energetic conscious awareness that is aware of the body. So you'd still be okay. Okay, I got that too. And it occurs to me that there's a lot of people who are out manifesting who are trying to stop the momentum of what already is happening. And the key is not necessarily to stop the momentum externally of what is happening. It's to cease the momentum internally. So if you wanted to prove your manifesting might by standing on those train tracks, you could attempt to do so. And you may be successful. I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible. What I'm saying is you have to be kind of on the level of Jesus, right? You'd have to make a track. You'd have to float above the train, <laughs> like something absolutely miraculous, magical would have to happen. The train conductor would, for some reason, like have to, you know, get delayed, etc., cetera, et cetera. Right. And the reason that I say this is because all the people who bought a ticket to get on that train now believe that train exists and that's going to arrive at a specific destination at a specific time. So it's essentially your consciousness in terms of willpower, if you will, in contrast to the consciousness, the belief, the buy-in, the faith of everyone who's already on the train. So the train exists. It's on a schedule. People bought the tickets. So there's a lot of momentum for this train coming along that track at that specific time that you happen to be standing on. That's a lot of conscious energy, energy, in agreement of this train already existing if you follow that so every being is a right conscious energy as you believe something you're giving it energy so this train is energized by everyone on the train everyone who's bought the ticket and everyone who's looked at the schedule so if you're the only one that has a belief that this train is not coming and say there's a hundred people on the train it's is your powers a manifestation Greater than the combined manifestation power of a hundred people who are already on the train and have made it real for them already. And then the question becomes, Well, how badly do you want to try to improve your manifestation powers in that situation? Like it's not really worth it. And I'll offer that if people are trying to do that, it's simply a matter of pride most of the time. It might be playful, right? But if it's playful, you're probably not gonna do something that, you know, potentially dangerous. So how does this apply to you know other manifestation myths and, and common practices? Well the first thing is if you're saying you're not gonna get sick, if there's any doubt in you when you say that, keep that intention to yourself. Period. Because when the whole rest of the world has all this momentum about how, quote unquote, I'm not, I will refrain from saying this. However, the rest of the world has this idea of how one can get sick from COVID and the degree of difficulty with which you might get sick even though the science is essentially saying yeah we don't really know what the protocols are we're saying wear masks and stay six feet but if that actually works like hey we're finding out just like the rest of y'all it's like okay helpful guys (laughs) so if you have this thing where you are firm in the belief that you will be free from harm or illness or disease as a result of covid and you still notice some doubts keep that intention to yourself Because as soon as you mention that to someone, what they're going to do is they're going to argue with you against it, most likely, or disprove your point of view. Because if they have any fear in them, they will attempt to justify why they're afraid. Because if you're standing there saying, oh, yeah, nothing to be afraid of. You only get sick if you attract it. And they're thinking, well, that's ridiculous, right? A, if they don't believe in manifestation but really it's the fear talking because then if they get sick, it means that they attracted it and people don't like to acknowledge that they attract what they have. They just don't. Good or bad. People are also, (laughs) people also resist acknowledging the good they attract in life. That's what unworthiness does, right? You're a trust fund baby who, right, born into millions. In my perspective, you chose that birth path. And some part of you was worthy of it. Because you have it. However, there's a lot of rich people who feel unworthy of that. They feel like they didn't do anything to get the money. They forgot that they chose to come into that life in the first place. And that in past lives, they might have done a lot to be deserving of that situation. And our society doesn't necessarily help with that narrative. We just sort of demonize the super wealthy. In the United States, at least. Unless you are wealthy or trending in that direction. And so there's a lot of misconceptions, as you can tell, (laughs) around worthiness, unworthiness, recognizing what you're attracting. So if you are going out there and saying, I am free from disease, I am completely at ease, I am well, I am healthy, I am divinely. (laughs) Guided to well-being Each and every moment of every day I am divinely protected in all that I do I am safe in who I am I am safe in the light of life That is who I am Hmm. (laughs) If those are your intentions Chances are You won't necessarily feel the need to express those to other people. It might come up in a conversation from time to time. And you'll intuitively be able to feel whether it's worth expressing that. Because again, the moment you express it to someone, if they have a disbelief in it, they are going to seek to prove why their belief is quote unquote right. Meaning there's some conscious energy that's getting introduced in opposition to your intention of being divinely well-graced, gracious, graceful, loving, blissful, at ease, calm, collected. (laughs) Tranquility. And then the question becomes... Is it important to vocalize your intention in that setting? Because you'll get the sense of that. Like there's sometimes where I say intentions, knowing that I'm going to be in the presence of what you might call and what I refer to as non-agreement. Meaning to bring back that train analogy, hundred people on the train, believe it, it that the train agrees it's gonna to get to the tracks at a certain point in time, on schedule, et cetera, et cetera, certain rate of speed. If I stand on the tracks firmly with the intention in my mind that this train is somehow on a different track or not coming at all, what I'm doing is I'd be standing on the tracks in non-agreement, in the face of non-agreement, meaning the rest of the world or the rest of people who are on the train, they they disagree, right? There's no agreement. For them, the train is there. And for me, I'd be standing there saying, nope, there's no train coming. So there's a non-agreement taking place. Now, sometimes it's important to actually vocalize and say something in the face of non-agreement. This is a, likely to be an unpopular example of how this is used. <laughs> and I'm going to use the word effectively, not in the sense of you know how I feel about the result, but in terms of the practice of it. Donald Trump uses this standing non-agreement really well. If you haven't noticed, he says things that just... For the most part, seemed blatantly false. And he did this through the entirety of his presidential run leading up to 2016. And I'm not saying Donald Trump's a good or a bad president. History will inform us of that as it goes along. I'm also not saying he's a good or bad person. Haven't met the man. Right? I know the story of the media. I can read his tweets. Also, one of the things about higher consciousness is you give up judging others. You recognize that people make the best decisions with the information they have at hand according to their beliefs. And who am I to say that your beliefs are better or worse than mine? So, now that that clarification has been provided, Donald Trump uses to great effect. He says something knowing that there's going to be a lot of people who are in non-agreement. And he, for himself, is so firm in it, unshakable in it, to the point where he will disrepute you, right? And so you have a reputation. He will disrepute you. Hopefully I'm using that word. I know there's disreputable. <laughs> if you stand in non-agreement against him. To the point where eventually he creates agreement. So... When he stepped into office, he talked about how great the economy was going to get under him. Now, granted, again, perspectives. Quarter of the workforce is unemployed. How great of an economy is that? You know, that's point of view. In his mind, he's probably saying, well, we hit record highs in the stock market, meaning this is the greatest economy that's ever existed. And you'll find supporters that would vouch for the same so he successfully created a reality that under him the greatest economy in the united states occurred and it's not his fault that COVID happened and that's right and so this is that's the storyline if you will and he's gotten people to buy into it whether it's true or not that the united states is right so i'm not sitting here saying i believe in one or the other i'm just saying It encouraged me that any economy where a quarter of the workforce is on unemployment um, could likely use some adjustments. I wouldn't necessarily call it the greatest economy. Now I'm grateful that those people are collecting unemployment still. I'm grateful for that. So that's an example of what it looks like to stand in non-agreement. So if you want to take on the Trump persona, that's right and sort of, I'm not recommending that. It's cringe cringeworthy to kind of say because I, I believe in integrity. Meaning, again, to bring it back, you acknowledge what is as it is and you go from there. You're not trying to warp reality into something it wasn't. All right, I believe in integrity. I believe in honoring others believe in honoring yourself your word so integrity for me is are you acting in alignment with the light of who we are are you acting in alignment with your true and highest self are you keeping your word to yourself And right, so this is sort of devolved into a political conversation. I had no intention for it to. So let me step back out. All right. Because what that was is an example to show you yeah, you can do things in the face of non agreement, and it requires a lot of energy. And it requires a lot of—I'll even say—in the specific example of Donald Trump, a m- lot of manipulation. So integrity for me is free from manipulation. Meaning, if I'm sitting here saying, "Okay, I'm going to be a millionaire in five years," and the bank account doesn't match that, and the people around me like Josh, your job, you. That doesn't that doesn't earn that much. That your business doesn't earn that much. What are you talking about? Right? So that would be the the non-agreement. However, I can take a stand in the possibility of non-agreement with my intentions, my visualization practice, my meditation, things of that nature. And if I'm in integrity with myself all the while, that will come to pass. Just laws of the universe. Now if I waver, right, in my stance. If I change my mind, if I give up before fulfilling on that intention, then I'm no longer standing in no agreement. I decided at that point to agree with the opposite. Right? The masses. So this is what it is, is. Reality is a function of agreement. So there's going to be times when you're called to take a stand for yourself... Into a new possibility that no one else can see yet, and when you do that, to them it might look like denial. The difference is you acknowledge, you acknowledge the reality of the situation as it is, and you can do it with them. You can say, "Hey, yeah, COVID-19 is happening. So, what makes you say you're free from illness?" Well, it occurs to me that as divine energetic beings, we can only attract that which is on our frequency. And diseases.